You're listening to the Journey On Podcast with Warwick Schiller. Warwick is a horseman, trainer, international clinician, and author who helps empower horse people from all over the world with the skills, knowledge, and mindsets needed to create trusting partnerships with their horses. Warwick offers a free seven-day trial to his comprehensive online video library that includes hundreds of full-length training videos and several home study courses at videos.warwickschiller.com. Just because you see what is G'day everyone, welcome back to the Journey on Podcast. I'm your host Warwick Schiller and it's been a bit of a busy month. You know, I... Uh, Probably a month ago or so, I presented at the Western States Horse Expo here in California. And then on the Sunday night after that, I flew to Australia and uh, presented at a thing they're called the Mastery of the Horse at Outback Spectacular on the Gold Coast, which was amazing. And then I did a clinic the weekend after, and uh, then I've got back here to California. And then pretty soon after that, we had a retreat at our ranch so it's been quite busy and uh my son tyler who runs you know he runs the back end of most things he put a question out to my patreon members and said ask me anything and so that's what this uh episode of the podcast is going to be is i'm going to answer questions from um patreon members on ask me anything and i'm probably only going to get to one question because it is quite the question and it's uh from a lovely lady named Suzette Dybiek. And Suzette, her, her one question is, I want to hear about your journey since starting the podcast and all the people you've met. And after interviews like Emily from Sweden, such a long way from your early days training rainers, right? <laughs> yes, Suzette, right. Take us from your beginnings and thoughts on horses to now. Then, just today I'm listening to Alicia and like, wow, it's hard to process this stuff sometimes. I come home and look her up and see the video of her helping George's Mustangs from afar. Thanks for the ride, Warwick. We'll all never be the same. We're reconnecting with Source, thanks to you. Um, you know, I don't really think it's thanks to me. I mean, I'm just I'm just curious about stuff, and I'm probably curious about stuff that maybe, I don't know, maybe some people aren't aware that is out there, and because they were curious about what I was up to with horses, they're now curious about the stuff I'm curious about, but... You know, so Suzette said, I want to hear about your journey since starting the podcast and all the people you've met. You know, the pod, I think I've talked about it before, but the podcast started out, you know, uh, my wife thought I should do a, like a talk radio call in, answer your questions type podcast, you know, so I'd, I'd be answering questions kind of like this. But I had said to her at the time, you know what, the way I look at things these days um, unless someone's looking at things the way I'm looking at them, it would be very. It, it might be hard for me to answer their question because you know a lot of times horse questions are, you know, my horse is doing this wrong. How do I stop him from doing it? Not my horse is doing this wrong. What do you think could be causing it, and how do you think I could help him? And that's probably the difference: is being aware that behind every behavior is an unmet need. And when you need, meet that need, the, the behavior a lot of times goes away. And so the first episode of the podcast I did was called Changes. Episode number one was called Changes. And I think to this day, it's still the most listened to episode, even with all, you know, some of the amazing guests I've had on. And that was about how I changed the way I look at things uh, to do with horses. And then episode number two, I thought, well, I better... 
you know, I better digress from that. And so episode number two was called The Science of Connection, which was about, you know, polyvagal theory and how, you know, how connection with, especially with horses, but with people anyway, but, you know, how connection with horses soothes the nervous system and solves a lot of the problems that we would want to use training to solve. And so, you know, those were the, the, the first two podcasts. And, and I kind of did those so that people had an idea of where I'm coming from. And then maybe we could do the, uh, you know, do the call-in radio show thing after that. But then I had uh, Jane Pike on the podcast, our good friend Jane Pike. And Jane is just absolutely amazing. And uh, she rocked it. And then I was like, you know what, I need to have, I want to have more conversations like that on the podcast. So then it was just, you know one guest after another, after another, after another. And I think every single one of those guests has helped me on my journey, have opened my eyes to things I might not be aware of. Sometimes I've even even been therapisted on my own podcast. You know, uh, Jane did a bit of that with me the first time around. And uh, Sarah Schlotty, she also therapisted me a little bit on my own podcast but uh, getting back to Suzette you know she said I want to hear about your journey since starting the podcast and all the people you've met you know it's not just the uh, people I've met from the on the podcast but people I've met because of the podcast and I tell you what I knew I knew the podcast was having an effect last year after the the podcast summit in San Antonio. So, you know, the podcast summit in San Antonio last year was 22 of the first season's guests presenting over three days. And at the time, we couldn't really explain what happened. It was, the energy was just off the charts. It was this amazing energy. It was everybody, all the presenters showed up and just absolutely rocked it. And, uh, you know, it was just the combined energy of all those people. There's 250 people in the room and they're all on the same wavelength and it was just a magical moment. And at our new place here in Paso Robles, California, we've been having retreats. And the retreats uh, initially were called Being With Horses and Yourself. And then recently we've just called, started calling them Attunement and Connection Retreats. And they are, those retreats are... For people who, you know, are interested in what I do with the horses and are trying to achieve that with their horses, and it's more about the mindset of that, uh, and that, you know, your mindset involves how you look at training, how you look at horses, how you look at problems, how you look at yourself, all those sorts of things. But the the retreat we had when I got back from Australia here recently we did a meditation on the Sunday morning in the arena and we had uh, Robin's old horse, Oscar, was loose in the arena with us. And there was something about that group energy in that particular meditation. So there were two, two of the um, participants in the, in the retreat were actually therapists. Um, and there was one girl actually flew from Sweden all the way out here just for the retreat. So that was pretty humbling to have her come out, and she was amazing. But during that, uh, during that meditation, one of the therapist ladies, she had an experience to where she had a conversation with her deceased mother. 
um, it was quite emotional for her. And the young lady from Sweden, she actually felt herself rise up out of her body and um, she went to a door and opened the door and went through the door. And I don't need to tell you what she saw on the other side of the door because that's her story to tell. But it was pretty special, this nine-person, you know, eight participants plus myself, in the arena and the energy was just off the charts. And so you think about the podcast summit last year was like that, but instead of being eight people, there was 250 people. And so I was telling the story here, you know, for Suzette about how things have changed a bit since the start of the podcast. And last year after the podcast summit in San Antonio, where Tyler, my son Tyler and I flew straight to Australia where I was presenting at uh, Australia's biggest horse expo, which is called Equitana. And at the past in Equitana, walking around, like there's lots of people. It's a pretty crowded sort of a place. And walking around at Equitana in past years, you know, maybe a quarter, a fifth, a sixth, I don't know, of the people you walk past recognize you and want to say hi or or whatever. But since the podcast, and I don't think I'd been back to Equitana. I hadn't been to Equitana since pre-COVID, so it had been a few years since I'd been back there. And... um, Pre uh, post podcast, you know, Equitana Melbourne last year, it was, it was, it was kind of crazy. You know, it, it's almost like everybody I walked past looked at me like, oh, there's that guy. And when I say that, I don't mean that in I'm the guy. I mean that in there's that guy who's talking about that stuff that's really interesting. You know, I, I don't for one minute think this stuff, um, is about me. I tell you what happened at the Western States Horse Expo here in California. There was a the, the people that came by the booth were amazing. You know, it's just getting so cool at these horse expos. People that come by the booth, they all, you know, they all have a story to tell. They all want to say thank you. Something, you know, something I've done in a video or talked about in the podcast, something has led them down a bit of a rabbit hole that changed their life. But I was in the booth and there was a uh, a lady I, I haven't seen her for 20 years, she's a horse trainer here in California, and she stopped by the booth and was uh, chatting, and I was selling my book, The Principles of Training, and there was a line of people, and I was signing the books, you know, while I was chatting with this friend I hadn't seen for 20 years, and a girl walked past the booth with her man, and she turned and she kind of did a double take and looked at me and looked at the line, looked back at me, and then she scurried off. And the girl, the horse trainer lady that was sitting in the booth with me kind of looked at me and said, that was interesting. And I said, I bet you five bucks that at some point in time in the next half an hour, she comes back and when she does, she's going to look at me and she's going to burst into tears and she's going to ball her eyes out. I'm going to give up and give her, I'm going to get up and give her a big hug and tell her that it's all right. And she goes, you think she will? I said, I know she will. Anyway, within half an hour, that lady came back and just burst into tears and you know, there's nothing to say when that happens. Um, I just got up and gave her a big heartfelt hug and just just felt that energy coming off her. She didn't, and, and she didn't tell me what had happened. I don't need to know, but it, it's it's got something to do with either a guest on the podcast, something I said on a podcast, something I said on a social media post, something I said on a YouTube video, something like that has altered 
the way this person views the world in, in, in one place, and it's probably in the horsey sphere, but once you have um, a paradigm shift in one place where, to where you thought your whole life you thought this one particular thing, whatever it is, whether it's some dogma or whatever it is, but this one thing to be absolutely true, undeniably true, and when you realize that that is just a story you've been telling yourself or the government's been telling you or really your religion's been telling you or your community's been telling you, whatever, and you realize that's not true, then you get to stop and consider what else that I have always thought as absolute truth could be different. And I I think that's when people start to maybe look at other things in their lives, like nothing to do with whatever it was, whether I said something on the podcast, a guest on the podcast said something, I mentioned a book, a guest mentioned a book, I said something in a video. It doesn't matter. It seems to be that some of these conversations we're having these days get people to think about things differently and from thinking about that thing differently, I think it gets them to think about a lot of other things uh, quite a bit differently. And so that, yeah, that that happens quite a bit. I had, you know, when I went to Australia to Mastery of the Horse, uh, the same sort of thing happened in the booth there. And it's just, so, you know, it's just so humbling when it does because I know... I know 99% of the time it's not something I I did. It's it's something that these people have explored on their own, possibly, you know, started by something I did or said or or whatever. But that's that's not the point. The point is that these people are just you know, it's it's I wouldn't say it's heartbreaking, but it's it's certainly very heartfelt when you have people come up and just wanna you know, so graciously say thank you. It's 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 very cool, and the energy of it is, you know, it's not draining. You know, I used to be at horse expos, I'd be in the booth, and people would come up and like, I got this horse, and he does this, and how do I fix that? And that can be draining. Uh, but when people come up to the booth with, you know, life-changing tales, and it's full of gratitude, it's just, it is... I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's intoxic. Wouldn't say it's intoxicating. Uh, it's. I'll tell you what. At, well, at the at the booth when that that trainer was sitting in the booth with me at the at the horse expo, and people would say, "Hey, can I get a selfie with you?" I'm like, "Sure." And I jump up and get in front of the banner, and they take a selfie, and then I'd sit back down and be chatting. And this person I hadn't seen for twenty years said, "How? How's that? Like, does that not wear you out just doing that all day long at these things?" And I said. No, not really. I feel like I'm in a, you know, very privileged position. I'm very lucky to be in the position I'm in. And I'm very lucky to be in a position to where maybe some of the things that I'm involved in, like I said, make people view the world differently, which makes their life different. And I said to her, you know, if someone's day will be made by coming by the booth and getting a selfie with me, and like they leave with that, oh, wow, that was so cool. Hey, you know, I said to her, who wouldn't you, you know, who wouldn't 
take 10 seconds out of their day if it made someone else, if it made someone else's day, if it made someone feel really good and have that really positive energy for even a short time afterwards, you know. But I said to her, you know, I don't think for one minute it's about, um, oh, yes, you need to get a selfie with me sort of thing. It's it's just these these people, yeah, they just come up to the booth and they want to, you know, want to take a selfie and, and it, you know, it probably reminds them a bit of their journey of the things they've been looking at differently. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's all those horse expos like that are just so, I don't know, energizing, you could say. They could, you could say they're energizing. And at the time, I'm very energized. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't wear me out. But, um, you know, when the horse expo is over, I'm usually pretty tired. Getting back to Suzette's question, you know, she said, after the interviews like Emily from Sweden. So I feel like... I'm reading Emily's book right now, All the King's Horses. She sent me a copy. And if you, it might be hard to get a hold of, but I'm telling you guys, it is worth trying to find a copy of this book. It is, oh, there's so much wisdom in it. It's it's, it's kind of a stop and stare at the wall for a while type book. But I, I felt like, I think Emily was, you know, somewhere around podcast 120. And I kind of felt like, Every podcast guest leading up to that, you know, we had 119 podcasts before that, just so people were ready to um, to hear what Emily K's doctor had to say. Uh, and then Suzette, in her question, went on to say, uh, after she talked about Emily, she said, then just today I'm listening to Alicia and I'm like, wow, it's hard to process this stuff sometimes. So I've got to tell you a story about Alicia. So if you haven't heard Alicia's podcast, she was the last guest, Alicia Main, and where do I start with, I don't, you don't need to rehash the whole podcast, so anyway, my horse Chance, Chance is four years old, and Chance has been quite an experiment, Chance and my other two younger ones, Rupert, who's two, and, and Bodie, who's a yearling, they've been an experiment in seeing how much I can get done, how far I can get, what I can get to happen, using connection as a basis you know, this training goes on top of that, but it's using connection as a basis. And so I just started riding chance recently. Yes, uh, I'd had probably four, maybe five rides before I did the podcast with Alicia. And all the first four rides went great, you know, and I just let him walk around in the arena. So I decided to start chance in the arena, like first ride in my big arena, which is 150 feet by 300 feet. So it's 50 meters by 100 meters. And the reason I wanted to start riding him in there instead of, say, a round pen or somewhere smaller was a lot of people say, well, I don't have a round pen. So, you know, I wouldn't be able to start my horse because, you know, I don't have a round pen. So I thought, well, I'll show you how you can start him in a, a bigger area. And if you get... You know, you get all the little stuff right, especially the relaxation and the connection and all that. You know, you shouldn't really have too big a problem on your first ride. So I, I'd had four rides on him in the arena, and I just let him walk around. We just walked around. That's basically all I did. But he walked around and just stretched over his top line and was walking around really good. And so by the fifth ride, I thought, I think he's ready to ask for me to ask him to trot. He'd gotten to where we could be walking along, and I could just bring my energy up in the saddle, and he would pick up a bigger walk and like push from behind, you know. Uh, you know, he was really stretching over his top line, loose in his back, and this all felt good. And so I asked him to trot. 
and he tightened up and kind of propped on his front feet kind of hard. And I'm like, mm, that was interesting. Let me try it again. And I tried it a few times and I got the same, same response every time. And when I first saddled him, uh, he was a bit like that. And that's not unusual for young horses when you saddle them for the first time. And he's probably had, you know, maybe a little bit more of it than other horses. So anyway, on this fifth ride, when he did that, you know, I've got an intern here and she was videoing and I said, okay, so there's a problem there. I've got to go, I'm going to go back to the very beginning because now I've got to this point and I realise that that's there when I ask him to try that, getting tight and kind of propping on his front feet sort of thing. You know, it's not a buck because he doesn't kick out behind or anything. It's just getting tight and hitting on his front feet. I said, now that I know that that's there like that, what I'm probably going to do is I'm probably going to go back to the very beginning and start all over again knowing that that problem's there, and I'll probably identify the beginning of it somewhere much earlier than, than this. And that's what I was thinking I was going to do. I was going to go back to the very start. And then I had the podcast with Alicia, and after we got off the podcast, Alicia said, yeah, if you've got a horse you, you know, want me to work on or whatever, I can, I'd like to try this distance, uh, this distance healing stuff that she does. So Alicia Main, if you haven't heard the podcast, she has a PhD in like distance healing is, you know, it's, it's quantum entanglement is what it is if you really want to get technical about it. And I thought, no harm, no foul. I'll give this a go. So I said, yeah, I've got a horse you can do a session with. So, and she said, I don't want you to tell me anything about the horse, just his name and his age. And I had not told anybody about this sticky problem going into the trot with Chance. And so I um, organized this thing with Alicia and she does it by Zoom so she actually watches the horse while she's working on the horse from a distance she's 1200 miles away in Colorado and so we put Chance in the the round pen and we we're going to do it about eight o'clock in the morning Alicia was going to get on the Zoom call about eight o'clock in the morning so we put Chance in the round pen at about seven thirty, and our intern Marta and I we sat there and watched him okay we wanted to get a baseline we wanted to know what his behavior was like and what he was doing before Alicia started to work on him. And he just kind of wandered around, wandered here, wandered there, came over, put his, tried to put his head out through the fence and say hi to us. But, you know, that's, that's all he's doing. So when, we, when Alicia started, uh, he was standing on the other side of the round pen and he had not, in half an hour, he hadn't licked, chewed, shook his head, um, yawned, rolled his third eyelid back, done any of those things. So Alicia starts and she says, I'm going to just start above his nostrils. I'm, I'm probably two inches above his nostrils and I'm just, oh, yes, his fascia is a little bit pulled to the right or to the left. I can't remember which. She said, I'm just going to adjust that a little bit. Ah, there we go. That's better. And as soon as she said that, he had a big old lick and a chew and then he kind of uh, had a big yawn and rolled his third eyelid back and kind of shook his head and, it was, you know, instantly when she did that. And every time she worked on something, that happened. You know, every time she worked on something, have a big lick and a chew and a yawn. And at times when she was working on his jaw, I think, he would take his jaw and like cross it. Like, I don't know if you can hear that noise of me crossing my jaw, but like clicking your jaw from side to side. Um, and then at one point in time, she got to working on his shoulders and she he's kind of stuck in his shoulders and this and that. And then he, he acted like he wanted to pee and he really stretched out. He was kind of side onto us and he really stretched it like he was going to pee, but he didn't pee. 
Then he turned and faced directly towards us and stretched the same way, but he, his front feet were touching. And I said, it's really interesting. His front feet are touching together, you know, kind of like a particular kind of a stretch. And he said, yeah, she said, yeah, he's stretching his shoulders right out right now. And then probably five minutes later, he did actually stretch out and pee. And there was a lot of stuff happening in the thing. So when the, when the whole session was over, she said, so don't do anything with him for a few days. Well, don't ride him for a few days. And I hadn't told her. I didn't even, she didn't even know if I was riding him or not. I hadn't told her that. All I told him was his name and his age. I, I didn't even tell her if I'd ever ridden him or any problems we were having. Um, so that was on Thursday. So Friday I didn't do anything with him. And then we had, um, we had visitors over the weekend. Uh, if you remember Kansas Carradine from one of the earlier podcasts, Kansas and her husband and her kids were in town for a wedding. So they came and stayed with us for a couple of days. So I didn't do anything with Chance then. And then Monday we dig him out and, you know, we get him out and I saddle him up and, we video the whole thing and I ride him and the walk's the same. I want to ask for the trot instead of tightening up and doing that thing. He just trots along, dragging, almost dragging his nose on the ground, like just stretching over his top line and swinging his legs. And I've had probably two or three rides since and he's been the same. Uh, he's been the same each time. So it's interesting that Suzette's talking about, you know, in this, this one question about ask me anything, it's, to, it's you know, talking about listen to Alicia and, uh, you know, you all probably have heard the story about Sherlock and, you know, probably the Mustang at the clinic in Texas. And I, I really believe that what happened with Sherlock is going to be one of those sorts of stories that, you know, years from now I'll still be telling the same story about the time that Alicia Maine solved Chance's trotting problem from 1,200 miles away. At this point in time, I really feel like I want to switch gears back to the Horse Expo in California and uh, Mastery of the Horse in Australia. The, the, you know, the Horse Expo, it, it was the start of some serendipitous things happening. Like you probably all experienced this on your journey that you get to where these coincidences just all of a sudden keep happening. And there was a lot of them at the Horse Expo. But then, you know, I was just talking about podcast guests and Alicia and I was talking about Kansas came to visit and all that sort of stuff. So if you guys remember in the first season of the podcast, there was a young Australian man named Isaac Adams on the podcast. So he was an Australian Army veteran. He served in, uh, I think it was Afghanistan, and came back with some PTSD and ended up finding horses being therapeutic for his PTSD. Well, so I had Isaac on the podcast, but I'd never met him face to face. I've spoken, you know, when I record the podcast, I can actually see the other person's face. But I'd never met him face to face. So I went to uh, Outback Spectacular, to this Mastery of the Horse thing. So Outback Spectacular is on the Gold Coast of Australia. It's a big touristy area. And Village Roadshow is a movie company. They own Movie World, um, SeaWorld, Outback Spectacular. There's a big um, water park there. They own a lot of different stuff. And Mastery of the Horse was held at the Outback Spectacular. So it's a night show, it's a dinner show. So they see a thousand people, they feed them all while this this show in the arena is going on. And so we were using that venue during the day. It's the most amazing venue. It's like it's like a theatre for horses. You know, the arena has spotlights on it. They can turn all the house lights down to where it's only the arena that's lit up. And uh, it's amazing. So there was five of us presenting there. There was a Brett Parbury, who's a, a dressage rider from Australia, Clem Smith, who's a World Cup show jumper, um, 
Cody Ross and Harris, who trains horses for the movies, and then my good friend Dan Steers, who's been on the podcast before, and we were all presenting there. And the first day, I was not on till the afternoon. And like I said, most of, all the house lights are down. The, the crowd, the, the lights on the crowd are down when the when someone's in the arena working. And a, a good friend of mine uh, named Rachel was at the thing. I knew she was going to be there, and I haven't seen her for several years. And uh, when it started, I went inside. I found a seat, and I was sitting there watching. But then I texted Rachel. I said, hey, where are you? I want to come see you. And she goes, oh, there's a spare seat right next to me. Um, and she gave me the seat, the row number and the seat number, or whatever. So I went and found her, and I sat next to her in this spare seat. We sitting there catching up for a little while. And then an usher comes along, you know, with his little flashlight out sort of thing looking for with this person and they're looking for a seat and oh turns out i'm sitting in this guy's seat so the usher says oh that's this guy's seat and so i said oh i'm sorry and i stand up to let this guy sit down i look at him and i go are you isaac adams and he goes yes i am so the first time ever met so there's a thousand seats in this in this uh facility and the one person's seat that i sat in was isaac adams so and it was there was just so many, um, so many serendipitous things like that. The whole, the whole time I was there was one after another. You know, the first morning of that, my wife texted me and she said, our intern just saw a mountain lion stalking a deer down by the horses. What do I do? I'm like, I have no idea, man. I don't know anything about I've never lived anywhere than his mountain lions. I don't know if mountain lions, you know, attack horses i don't i don't know really don't know anything and i said to so there's a lady named heidi who runs the most of the organizes most of the stuff at the outback spectacular and i just happened to mention it to heidi and she goes oh my best friend's married to australia's leading big cat trainer and he used to have a pet mountain lion and i'm thinking well how's that for a coincidence and she said you know i we could you'd have a chat to him some point in time and ask him about that and i said yeah i'd like to do that so lunch, this is on Friday at the Mastery of the Horse. By lunchtime, Heidi comes up and she goes, hey, there's someone here I want you to meet. So it turns out this friend of hers and her husband showed up there. And uh, so I got to meet them and sit down and have lunch and ask this guy all about mountain lions. So at you know, 8 o'clock that morning, my wife, 7,000 miles away in California, has a mountain lion issue and I don't know what to do with it and so then by lunchtime I'm sitting down talking to Australia's leading big cat trainer who used to have a pet mountain lion and the whole I don't know the whole two and a half weeks I was gone was like that both the horse expo in California the mastery of the horse in Australia then things that happened that that week after mastery of the horse and then of course the clinic that I did uh the very the very next weekend it was just one very serendipitous thing, you know, after another. You know, I thought I might just get to another one of these ask me anything questions just because it's along the same lines. And this question is from Sam Granger and and her question says, how does it make you feel knowing so many people look up to you? I imagine people pouring their hearts out to you telling you how much not only your horse training methods but your life hacks have changed your lives. It would get pretty overwhelming at times, I imagine. Yeah, and like, you know, like I said earlier, answering answering um suzette's question it doesn't really get overwhelming it i tell you what it remains um remains a very a very humbling experience and like i said before i don't you know i don't ever really think it's 
it's about me. I just happen to be someone who's interested in this stuff and I'm, I'm probably involved in a, um, you know, a group of people, say horse people or whatever, who maybe aren't normally interested in this stuff and it's maybe my interest in this stuff that uh, has got other people interested in it. You know, I know, you know, think about this, there's there's levels of things and if you at a level where you are kind of at the top of the level you are currently on, it's quite easy to feel like, mm, yeah, I kind of got the hang of this. But when you go a little bit further along your journey and you're now at the bottom of the next level, you <laughs> you tend to think you don't know much at all. And I feel, I don't know, I think maybe spiritually I've uh, I've just, gone up a little bit which means i've gone out of the top of the out of the top of the level i was on into the bottom of the next level and so right now i'm kind of um you know very aware of how little about things i know you know things like emily case doctor's um podcast really it was fascinating but it really highlighted to me like i don't know anything about anything really so especially to do with that sort of thing. Like I said before, I'm reading her, currently reading her book, which is absolutely fascinating. And I'd highly recommend anybody who's into anything like that to read that book. It's, there's some great stories in it, but also there's some very, very powerful wisdom in there. And, and, and what's really cool is some of the wisdom comes directly from the mouths of animals. Um, yeah, when you hear what she's got to say in that book, if, the, if that podcast blew you away, I would definitely, definitely get the book. It's, um, certainly certainly something else so anyway quick quick little podcast this week just wanted to um answer some of those questions about ask me anything i'm sure we'll do that more and more from time to time as people really want to know you know the answers to different questions and and i'm quite happy to share my thoughts on them so uh thanks for joining me on this very quick episode of the podcast and we'll catch you next time with uh i've got some very amazing guests coming up so i really can't wait to share them with you Thanks for being a part of the Journey On podcast with Warwick Schiller. Warwick has over 850 full-length training videos on his online video library at videos.warwickschiller.com. Be sure to follow Warwick on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram to see his latest training advice and insights.